Hello and welcome. You're listening to Need to Know. When it comes to navigating college and beyond, there are just some things you need to know. Like, is college worth it? How do you deal with student loans? And how should you choose your major? That's where this podcast comes in. We're Christina and Michelle, the hosts for this podcast. Join us as we answer some of your biggest burning questions about college and debunk the myths about the application process. Hey, Michelle. Hi, Christina. So, Michelle, (laughs) what are we talking about today? Oh, we are back at it again, and this time it's my favorite topic. So we got you to college. We got you to pick the college. We got you to pick the major. Now you got to actually finance your education. (laughs) The money that keeps you awake at night. Student loans. Uh, Yeah, so I've been looking forward to this episode, clearly. Yes. Um, I... Student loans were, and are actually, because I have not paid all of mine off, such a nightmare experience. It, it, they're just, I, um, <laughs> one of my favorite jokes is actually from Hassan uh, Minaj, and mm-hmm. he was like, everybody I know has student loans, and if you don't, and you can't really, congratulations on being Kennedy. Uh-huh. It, it's just, it's become this fact of life if you go to college in the United States and you're a U.S. citizen. Mm-hmm. And your parents don't have money. So um, so right off the bat, I'm going to start off with when you're going to college, there are a couple different loan types that you mm-hmm. can get. Um, there's federal loans, and then there's private loans. In this case, I'm going to spend a lot of time today talking about private loans specifically because those are the ones that are the most difficult to deal with, and they're also the ones that you're going to have a lot of trouble with when you get out of college, typically. Mm-hmm. So quickly to go through federal loans. Um, there's a couple different types. There's subsidized and unsubsidized loans, uh, Stafford and Perkins loans. Mm-hmm. All of those has a different kind of terms and conditions. All of them had different rates of um, interest rates on them. But the main thing to keep in mind is federal loans are almost always, like 90% of the time, going to have lower interest rates and be a better deal for you than a private loan. Yeah, so get as much scholarship and financial aid, air quotes, um, as possible because yeah. that's really going to take the weight off your shoulders right so when you apply to college typically what happens is you're going to get some sort of financial aid package with your acceptance mm-hmm. they're going to make you an offer and tell you what it will cost to go to the college um, college board actually has really great statistics in terms of the average amounts that you might be offered by the college before you even apply so that's really good to keep in mind and then when you're going through um, all these acceptance letters and figuring out okay what makes sense for me you're going to have to really keep in mind that the cost of the college is probably not the sticker price. And you're going to have a totally different situation with your college than somebody else will who's applied to the same major even because of the family situation. So you guys already know to fill out the FAFSA. Like that's a given. You you are going to do that because it will save you money. That is how you basically take that sticker price down. <laughs> and the earlier you do it, the better because it gets you in the system ASAP. I remember me forgetting to do it one year and then I like lost $3,000. So don't do that. <laughs> yeah, that was dumb. <laughs> That's all I had to say about yeah. that. Um, yeah, I was always on top of that, but I'm, I'm also the person that does my taxes the second I can. So it, it, that's just me. You also do taxes four times a year. Yes. Yes. Okay. That's true. Michelle's a bit of an anomaly, guys. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that also is why I'm the one talking about this. That's so, very true. 
In this particular case, um, when you get these acceptance letters back and you have your financial aid package, you're going to see a breakdown that talks about what kind of federal loans you're being offered and what kind of uh, either subsidies or scholarships you're being offered on top of that. Sometimes they will straight up take money off the sticker price, but you're also going to see kind of where the gap is in terms of the private loans that you would have to get to attend this college. So full disclosure, in my case, my end student debt when I graduated was $100,000 for four years. Wow. Yes. Insane. Mm -hmm. And that is with money being taken off because what I did not realize when I went into college is my financial aid package was actually majority federal loans. Okay. So that became money that I owed and then I had to make up the difference with private loans. So even though my package said, oh, look, it'll only cost this much for you to attend a year, I didn't actually, it didn't register as a teenager that like, hmm, wait a minute, those are loans, they're subsidized federal loans, but they're still loans, those are still money I'm going to have to owe. Right. So that's a big thing to keep in mind. Um, with private loan companies, there used to only be one really solid option, and that was Sally Mae. Mm -hmm. Sally Mae has split. Mm -hmm. um, so essentially, if you're looking at how do I get to college or how do I make up this difference, if you have a program that you're very specifically intent on joining, um, you will go and apply for a student loan with a company like Sally Mae. Um, and then the other option now is Naviant. I'm going to give full disclosure, do not do Naviant. I had a horrible, horrible experience with them. So, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, <laughs> more stories coming up, guys. Yeah. Um, so, when you're applying for student loans, what you guys really want to be looking for is a fixed rate loan, um, especially if you're looking, if you are brave enough to try dealing with Naviant, don't do a variable rate loan for them. So the difference between these is when you have a loan that has a fixed rate, it basically says that the life of the loan will always have this interest rate of 5% or whatever it happens to be. A variable rate loan, a lot of times they'll come out lower at the start and they'll offer you something like, ooh, look, we're a fancy, you know. Like 2% or whatever. They're never that low. No. <laughs> well, let's just say it's 2% to start just to like entice you. This is where they get you, right? <laughs> Um, a lot of times it'll be something, so when we applied for college, um, we had a very strong economy going, and mm -hmm. so the rates were a little bit higher. Yeah. So a lot of the fixed rate loans when we applied were things like around 7%, and the variable rates loans were the ones that started at 5%. Within three years of graduating college, my Naviant variable rate loan had actually climbed to 9.5%. Ooh. Yes. That's a really massive increase, actually. Yes. So, and just so you guys understand the way these things work, with a fixed rate loan, if you can get a good fixed rate loan amount, you don't have to worry about that changing. It's not something they're going to hike up on you. If you have a variable rate loan, 90% of the time, they're going to increase that rate. And you have to look at it, even though they say in their advertising, like, ooh, look, it might decrease with the market. They're not going to decrease it for you. They want your money. That's just kind of how this works. So keep that in mind as you're applying. And then the other thing that makes it really a big deal is when you are dealing with these loans after graduation, the loans have different capitalization rates. <laughs> and what does that mean? Just so basically audience. it means when you are dealing with interest, um, say you owe $10,000 on the loan in the first month. Mm -hmm. 
The loan may capitalize at the end of that month and add any additional interest that you have accrued into the total value of the loan. So then the next time the interest comes around, you're also paying interest on top of the interest they added. Yes. Okay. So that's why variable rate loans are so dangerous mm. because they can basically extremely quickly rack up quite a lot. In my case, um, I did have a couple fixed rate loans, mm-hmm. and those are the ones that I am like still actively paying down because I was like, I gotta get these stupid variable rate loans yeah. out because they were just getting completely out of control when. I first started getting college private loans. It was in 2011. Uh, That's when we graduated. That's the year we started college. And so in my case, I got in before Sally Mae split into Mm -hmm. Navient and Sally Mae as it is today. I did not get to choose which company held my loans. And that's still true today. If you have your, your, basically your loans can be bought and sold in most terms and conditions. Mm -hmm. So they can switch this up on you in a lot of cases with as long as they basically tell you that you have no power to stop it so picking a really reputable loan company is incredibly incredibly important because of the changes that could happen long after you're in college my loans went to Navient without me being able to say hey i'd actually prefer for them to stay with sally may at that point i'd actually already had a pretty good idea of what was coming Mm -hmm. but two of my loans which unfortunately were also the largest went to Navient. Ooh. And Navient had a different policy for hiking the prices because mm-hmm. each loan company can kind of decide what they want to do in terms of variable rate loans. So I ended up in the situation where I had a Sally May loan, and although they were, they I got them within the same time period. The Sally May loans didn't really change the variable interest rates that much. They went up by like maybe a quarter of a percent every year, kind of mm-hmm. thing. Whereas the Navient rates went through the roof so fast. That was the 9.5% mm-hmm. loan. Okay, got it. Yeah. So you have this issue where you're basically making a deal with a company that you will not have full power over. And it's really not something that they tell you in high school a lot of the times. I don't think anyone's mentioned any of this when we were in high school. <laughs> so. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure some of this might be even new information like, to you yeah. now. Yeah. Well, I mean, my brothers had Sally Mae and I helped them set that up, but mm-hmm. I... I didn't have Sally Mae for myself. I my my loans were purely federal. Yes. Yeah. And so you had a lot less hassle, basically. Exactly. Um, so whereas Christina is just you know paying her loans every month, she's and fine. Cruising. She doesn't even have to call the companies at the time. I'm on the phone with Sally Mae twice a month. So. <laughs> oh man. Sally Mae actually not so much. Navia, yes. Um, so that brings into the next point is basically what are the options for repaying your loans when you get out of college. So going into college, it's really easy to fall into this trap of, you know, oh, I'll just take out whatever money I can. I'll be fine. I'll be able to pay it off. Um, But you don't really understand what that feels like on the other side of getting these loans Mm -hmm. until it's a little too late, essentially. So my loans getting out of college were essentially like I was paying rent twice. Um, with the Navient loans, it was coming to at least $900 a month. Oh my god. Yes. It's insane. And that's one of those, I, I was still eating, technically. Um, but what you don't understand when you're in college and when you're applying for these loans a lot of time, is like on the other side of college, all of a sudden it becomes this oppressive force on your life. There's no better way to describe it. No. It's a lot of mental strain on you, basically. It's incredible amounts of mental stress, yeah. yes. 
And the other thing about student loans is they never, ever go away. You cannot declare bankruptcy and get rid of your student loans. It's one of the only loan types. That there really is nothing that you can do about it. And this is a decision that we leave to our 18-year-olds to make. Yeah, along with voting for the president, <laughs> but that's not helpful. I was going to say, most 18-year-olds I know are making educated decisions. On the right? Yeah, they there have, you go. They can that's get the true. information. They have the yeah. information. Student loans, they don't. It's a totally mm-hmm. different, and our high schools leave them completely unprepared because you don't learn about any of this. You don't learn how a loan actually works. You don't know what the repayment schedules are like. You don't learn about capitalization. They teach you compound interest, so at least there's that, but they don't teach you how it works against you. Mm -hmm. They don't teach you the difference between variable and fixed rates. It's just like there's all this information that you don't know, and then we give them this burden, essentially, that they're saddled with for life. Mm -hmm. So have fun with that, guys. It's it's one of those moments where there's so much other stuff I really wish I had information-wise. And that's why I'm so passionate that's about why this. We're here. That's <laughs> yeah. why this podcast exists now because right. we don't want you to be in that situation. Uh-huh. And if you find yourself in that situation, which you you probably are going to find yourself in that situation, then you're at least a little bit more um, educated and informed so that you can make the right decisions for yourself. Right. And that's the whole point of this podcast, really. Right. So one of the big things, um, there are a couple things that you are guaranteed in terms of your private loans most of the time. And those are forbearance. So that is if you need to take a couple months break, typically you get six months um, and then it's three months segments. And you can't just take one month. It has to be three months and three months separately, which is Uh, really obnoxious of them. Um, But a lot of companies have that standard. So that's something that you have as a right. And then the other thing is there are lots of forgiveness programs that are supposed to work to forgive your loans. Um, This year, the first series of those went into effect where the government was supposed to forgive student loan debt for uh, students who had been in the public sector for, I believe, 10 years or 15? 10. 10? 10. Thank you. Um, And they forgave, I think it was less than 10% of the loans, basically. They went through all these and said, oh, nobody qualifies. So, But it's like it's set up against the people who yes. are who have the loans. So honestly, it doesn't matter what type of loan you have. I feel like you're equally in a dark place, really, because of the <laughs> way a loan works, right? So the least amount of loans you can get, the better, mm-hmm. obviously. And then... Yes. Um, yeah, I know my coworker's husband um, works in the public sector and so mm-hmm. he's a social worker and she said she was supposed to get um, forgiveness within 10 years of not being able to pay it off. But I don't think that's what happened. At right. All. Yeah. And, and the reports that came out about this, it was basically just like, you know, we were promised this thing, but because of the legality and the contracts that were set up in the first place, um, it basically became this thing where the government really could legally deny the mm-hmm. forgiveness yeah. that was promised. So, um, and they, I think <laughs> I remember one on news outlet was saying that they blamed the paperwork that was filed, which made me laugh. Um, cause that's such an easy out. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, but it's always like, it's no one's going to be actively right. there to solve your problems for you. Mm-hmm. Right. So you just have to be very informed about what decisions you do and what you take. And right. So I personally recommend that if you are thinking about taking out a private loan, fully expect to be saddled with a bad version of that loan. Like basically figure out what the worst case scenario is and then work with that in mind because that's really the only way that you don't end up 
completely screwed. I know that's not how I approach so it. So where's the what would be the easiest example of that just for the audience? Yeah. So um, say you're considering doing a variable rate loan with Sally Mae. Mm-hmm. So variable rate loans, sometimes they will include a maximum percentage. Calculate everything based on having to pay that maximum percentage in interest. Um, a lot of times it'll be something like similar to a credit card percentage, 13 to 15%. So make your choices based on you getting the lowest possible paid job in your field, even better if you want to just do it with minimum wage, um, and then having to pay back this loan. Because if something does happen, God forbid, and you end up either in a job where you just need something as a stopgap, your loans don't go away. And the forbearance periods are so short that you may end up in a position where you're really stuck. Um, let me give an example of what happened to me. Okay. So. I mentioned that I had this ridiculous loan and I don't anymore. The reason I don't is I actually consolidated my loans and okay. I refinanced them. And what does what does that mean? Right. So basically I got one company. <laughs> I approached com- I, I actually so my loans are currently with SoFi. Okay. So they're a loan company, they handle student loans. I think they're an option if you just want to get student loans right now, anyhow. And um, they offer much, much better rates for fixed loans and they were offering a five percent rate basically to for me to get a loan with them the way it works is they paid Navient off they paid off the balance of my loans and then took my loans on themselves essentially yes makes sense yes yeah so that was a way that i was able to move my loans over to a different company and you would not believe the celebration i was having on that day like (laughs) But yeah, it makes sense because not only is your percentage not moving around anymore, mm-hmm. so you don't have to worry about it blowing up because they're just making this right. nilly-willy. I mean, I guess they decide when they're going to adjust the risk, yes. and mm-hmm. so you you don't have any power over that nope. at all. Um, <laughs> and, you know, with that, the compound interest is just going to keep going, and then you're just going to find yourself at the deep end of that. So right. um, it's really like, yeah... Obviously, I would do a mini celebration if I knew that my <laughs> rates were not going up and that I like at least have a little bit of control over like what's happening to my loan at this point. So that's a really right. good tip. Yeah. And in my case, <laughs> excuse me, in my case, when I was uh, refinancing, one of the factors that I didn't, I, I knew going in, but it was kind of like a hard point of decision for me to make is I had used three months of my forbearance uh, previously and I had the situation where I would lose my forbearance by switching my loan company. Okay. By refinancing. Okay. So I made the call to basically almost have my percentage for interest in a, in uh, exchange for giving up that extra three months. So it would have made a lot of sense for me to just put the loan on forbearance at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, however, depending on the loan terms, and this is another tricky place that they get you, um, make sure that if you were putting a loan on forbearance, does the interest stop being charged? In my case, it was like, no, we're still going to charge you the interest. Um, so I was just like, I'm out. Yeah. So <laughs> mine during the forbearance, I think, didn't, so they didn't keep charging me which is the nice thing but i do want to say um with the interest if you have government loans um and um you go to do your taxes the first year um 
of you know coming out of the college and you have a full-time job and you do your taxes mm -hmm. in the past three years um the government has been really good about returning the interest money that i've paid them so actually i've only been paying off what i owe them if that makes any sense whatsoever um yeah it does uh the problem is when you pay a lot more student loans and there's a cap on the tax credit so that's true okay <laughs> so my situation, uh, I believe it's a tax deduction, actually, not a tax credit. And mm -hmm. so, it's a tax deduction, yep. Yeah, and so it's capped at $2,500. I pay much more than that. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> I mean, the first few years of me graduating from college, I did not socialize. I did not do anything. I just, every penny I made went to repaying or paying off my loans. But that's not and fun. So, no. And it's, it's also not, not helpful for a career in the long run. It's which is not funny. helpful and it's not healthy. <laughs> no. <laughs> but, you know, sometimes you do what you gotta do. And so now I'm almost paid off all of my government loans, which is amazing. Yeah. Um, we'll celebrate when you do. Yeah. We'll celebrate <laughs> when, you, uh, when you do. But, yeah. I mean, and then the other thing that I want to say is um, mom and dad may be helping you pay a part of your... Mm -hmm. Um, tuition or um, a well-off relative um, so in my case I have family helping me mm -hmm. pay for this so it's like no interest but I still have to pay them back um, so like with these type of things you really just have to then track how much is going into um, your tuition every year and you have to make an excel sheet and just track those loans so that you do remember to pay your family back and so i mean that's still an emotional like strain on me because i'm like oh i still owe this family person money right and then it actually sometimes going to become difficult to like talk to the person exactly that. yeah 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 that's the hard part um but like you have options so it's either you know Find what works for you and, and what's the best balance. It might come out to, you know, doing some family here and then using the federal and private loans in a combination of those mm -hmm. two and then figuring out what needs to be paid off first. Right. And if I was a student and I have all these loans, Michelle, what um, loans, I guess federal loans, should I be paying off? Subsidized or unsubsidized? So look at your interest rates. Okay. So typically the unsubsidized loans are the ones that are going to have a higher interest rate. Yep. But basically easy finance management for you, um, whatever loan has the highest interest rate, that's the one you pay off first because it will end up owing you the most money in the long term otherwise. Mm -hmm. um, that, and then that's also true if you're looking at investing. Say you're looking at like um, putting money in the stock market as an index fund. The stock market really will only make you about 6% on average per year, 6 to 7%. So if you ever have loans higher than that, it's not even worth it to invest because essentially you're still losing money on those loans. Mm -hmm. So you really want to go through and systematically figure out which is the highest interest rate, mm -hmm. what do I owe the most money on, and then aim for that one first. Yep. So that's entirely what I'm doing. Um, the majority of my student loan payments right now go for the really big fat loan that's stuck currently at about 7% because I have one that's stuck there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh, that one is the one that's getting paid down heavily just because it's going to end up saving me the most money in the long run. Mm -hmm. So, and then there's other options that you want to keep in mind with federal loans that you don't have for private loans. And that mm -hmm. is portion of income repayments. Yes. So federal loans, um, I believe it's all federal loans at this point but I could be wrong about that, um, have some sort of 
percentage of income repayment plan. Yeah. So my first year of college that I graduated college, I had a job, but I wasn't making enough money for the government to even want to take my money, <laughs> essentially. Mm-hmm. So my first year out of college, I made no payments on my federal loans. Oh, and nice. I was totally comfortable doing that because they were significantly lower interest rates Yes. than the others. Absolutely. Yes. So it became this thing of like, I really want to pay down the balance on the higher interest rates loans because that will save me the most money. And that's kind of the the trend that I've continued. I've done these percentage of income payments with my federal loans because that keeps the cost the lowest and those are still my lowest income uh, interest rate loans. Okay. So that's a really, really, really good option if you're leaving college. Um, And then the other thing I want to keep in mind is if you only have federal loans and you're like, hey, I'm just going to keep paying percentage of income, you really want to try and pay more than you can afford. Or sorry, you want to pay the maximum (laughs) that you you can can afford afford. um, with your loans. Mm -hmm. I highly, highly recommend you pay these down aggressively because then it just becomes A, this weight that's lifted off mentally and financially. um, And B, in terms of the credit score gives you a lot more flexibility. A lot of times your credit score can go up. Oh, skyrocket. <laughs> Trust me, I know. <laughs> um, sometimes it actually, like, not having any debt is really bad for credit scores. But oh, that's yeah. a different episode. <laughs> that's why I still keep my some of my student loans, yeah, with the government. <laughs> but um, really paying your loans down aggressively is one of the best ways that you can ensure that your future has the maximum amount of flexibility for you. So even trying to pay these down before you have kids, for instance, kids become this big financial burden. Oh yeah. I mean, they're bundles of joy and we love them, but they're huge investments. So having the flexibility of no loans when you're considering taking on other financial things, um, mortgages, mortgages, big, big car payments. Also, those are loans too. And so if you're trying to juggle a mortgage payment, a car payment, and then three types of student loans, I have five types of student loans, by the way. Uh, (laughs) It becomes this huge headache in terms of like, what am I going to prioritize? How do I pay this down first? Does this make sense? Is this a good loan? Is this a bad Mm -hmm. loan? And it's so, so easy to get overwhelmed. So try and keep it as simple as you can. Federal loans first, private loans as is necessary, Mm -hmm. specifically necessary. Um, there are some stories about people who will take out additional loans to try and pay for other like, ones. Yeah. Well, no, I, I was thinking the people that try and pay for like extra textbooks and a new uh. laptop and, and try and avoid doing that seriously because it becomes this thing that just sits over your head. I think this comes down to really thinking about what is needed, like mm-hmm. weighing out your wants and your needs in yes. life is a very big lesson to learn. Mm-hmm. Like oh, we all have these incredible wish lists, right? We all want the most expensive car, let's say. But is that really viable with, within your means? Mm-hmm. And if you learn to live within your means and, and work within your means, um, it's going to benefit you in the long run. And right. I definitely, this is not just with school, this is with life, you know? That's why the tiny house movement is such a big thing. So the tiny house movement, just for a little quick contact, is people not living in school dorms or um, like really expensive apartments in cities where they study or work because it's too expensive and they can't afford it. So they live tiny or, you know, they live a lifestyle that allows them to afford other things that they value more. And so this is definitely something that you want to consider when you're doing your loans. Um, Think about like, this is why um, community college is such a great option is because you aren't 
knee deep in the loans just yet before you figure out what your passion yep. is and <laughs> that money that you're gonna spend is really going towards something that you're really passionate about michelle right. and i were lucky enough to know what we were passionate about enough so we stuck with it but mm -hmm. that's not going to be the case every single time right um, for sure and really it comes down to college is an investment for sure and it can make you more money in your career in the long run the thing is you shouldn't be drowning doing that yeah and that's the case that we see for a lot of people is like they're just barely keeping their head above water for years after college i remember when we were in high school um i believe it was one of our art teachers said that she was still paying off our student loans and that was like oh my god to um, me yeah that's yeah and she wasn't the only one other teachers actually mentioned that too mm -hmm. so it was just one of these situations of like you are so much older than me and this is still riding on you it's, and that's mm -hmm. that's a thing that can happen um, especially with the cost that we're dealing with now for student loans. Which is massively higher than what it was 20, 30 years ago yeah. with when our parents' generation were in school, mm -hmm. right? They could work a summer and be able to afford their like the semester, yeah. semester um, and, and keep financing it themselves, whereas mm -hmm. we now have to take loans or we have to depend on our um, parents. You know, even buying houses now, we have to depend on our parents to pay the down payment for us. Or a lot of people that I've talked to at work, that's that's the um, situation. So I was gonna say, people just aren't buying houses. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there you go. I mean, and when people do, it's just like the yeah. parents have to help out. And so, it's like you have to weigh like what is worth it and what is not, and like what do you really want versus what do you really need. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah. And I think it's really important. So the millennials are we're out of college at this point, but Generation Z isn't. And I think mm -hmm. you guys as Gen Z need to not be saddled with this debt that we as millennials ended up with. Oh, absolutely. And of course, we had a recession that, you know, did not help at all. No. But you guys will, too. You will absolutely have to deal with some sort of financial downturn. You'll absolutely have to deal with the same things. And the cost of colleges may continue to rise. There may not be any change in the future. So it's really important that you guys understand how to deal with that worst case kind of scenario. Mm -hmm. But if you are in the state of Maryland, I do believe there's a new law coming out where it's free public school education for some people. Um, like for starting fall 2019, which is this year, um, if you hit the criteria, you get to go to school for free. Um, I will look up that source and maybe hook it up into the show notes so that mm -hmm. people can fact check or do more research. Um, but that's what I remember seeing. Okay. I know nothing about this, so okay, I'll take your word for it for now. But yeah, definitely check the show notes if you're interested in that. Christina will have more information there. Um, so yeah, kind of going back and hitting the main points one last time for you guys. Uh, when you're applying for colleges, keep in mind that the sticker price that you see is not actually the price that you're going to pay in virtually all situations. <laughs> um, and then from there, you wanna be choosing federal loans and scholarships. Scholarships are first priority uh, because those you do not have to pay back. Federal loans, both subsidized and unsubsidized, based on the interest rates are priority number two. And then the if you need to make this work some other way, private loans is where you go. When applying for private loans, keep a really, really strong eye on the interest rates. Look, aim for fixed interest rates. Expect that any variable interest rate will go up. Make sure that if it is a variable interest rate and you're going to try and risk it, that you know what the cap is and that you could pay that loan back at the cap 
in terms of the life of the loan. Make sure that's something that you're okay with. And then make sure that when you're applying for loans, you're applying for a company that is going to help you in at least some way or at least work for you. Um, and I don't think I mentioned this earlier, but there has been a lot of issues. Um, I'm, not, I'm not sure if you guys have seen on the news, but there's been issues where a student will die, actually, mm. and then their parents are stuck having to pay back the loans because your parents will almost always be co-signers or somebody else in your family um, or a trusted friend. But essentially, it's very, very difficult as a student to get a loan without a co-signer. And so if something happens to you, you want to make sure that you're with a company that at the very least will forgive that loan so that your parents are not stuck with it. That's mm -hmm. like a basic level of ethics. Naviant does not offer that. They're one of the companies that if you die, your parents are stuck paying for that loan and it becomes this thing that like you don't have, it was an investment in your future and suddenly that future is gone. And that burden is now on, on some loved yeah, ones. Exactly. Um, I actually, when I first graduated college and I started having to repay the loans, my father took out a life insurance policy on me because wow. he was like, I'm not going to be able to pay this back. Otherwise, if you, if something happens to you, and it was the cheapest life insurance policy in the world because I'm like 20 something. Mm -hmm. so, but at the same time, it just became this extra burden even on him that he mm -hmm. would have to do this. Yeah. Um, and since I switched to SoFi, they basically, if I die, the loan's gone. They will wipe that out so my dad does not have to pay that. And so in this particular case, he, you know, stopped with the life insurance plan because he's like, okay, now I'm, I feel like I'll be okay, mm -hmm. sort of thing. Um, the other thing to keep in mind is what resources that loan company will offer you. So we talked briefly last episode about colleges offering you resources. Loan companies sometimes do too. And so really good loan companies, again, using SoFi as an example because they're my current loan company, um, they actually have a association for networking uh, oh, okay. like their own alumni association of Florence. They have a lot of like different chapters in different cities. They invited me on a river cruise, not river cruise, like bay cruise in San Diego, <laughs> just to network and talk to people about finance. Um, they have quite a few resources. They have a really, really solid blog in terms of um, making financial decisions that actually has good information. Mm -hmm. So looking at kind of what resources the loan companies can even provide can be a way for you to identify which ones are more ethical than others. <laughs> right. Um, and then one other thing that I did forget to mention earlier is when you have your federal student loans, the U.S. government doesn't actually have a bank specifically that's going to be handling that. They're going to outsource that to a separate company. And typically it'll be a private company that has some sort of deal. So in my case, I have Great Lakes Borrower Service managing my federal um. loans. And they're all compliant with all the federal terms that I signed up for, but they're the loan servicer. Mm -hmm. So that's just something to keep in mind um, is that some companies may offer private loans at totally different rates than some of the federal loans that they handle. So yes. just be very, very wary. Um, you really want to read the fine print on this stuff. And as much as it sucks, and I, you know, I'd love to say I don't mean to scare you, but I kind of do. <laughs> Not scare you, but we want you to be as aware as possible. Mm -hmm. um, and I think this is a, a great pro tip is really make spreadsheets upon spreadsheets of your loans. And so you can always refer back to it. That's what I did when I was in college, and I still have it. I don't work with spreadsheets, though, man. Um, like I just, <laughs> if that works for you, I'm sure you have a like. I'm like, yeah. fine. actually, really, it's find a system that works for you. Yeah, exactly. There you go. But like, so I need to see like where 
where my loans are going, like how much mm-hmm. am I paying off every month, what's going on. And then with the, um, uh, yeah, the loan services <laughs> that are taking care of your government loans, they usually have a website or a platform that gives you these data that you can reference back. Mm-hmm. Or, I mean, in another case, I can pick whenever I go to pay my loans every month, exactly which one I want to pay off first. So I can say I want $300 to go towards this loan right here. And I can be very specific in paying off the highest interest rate and what have you. And then the final thing is, um, and I said this last episode with resources for like figuring out your major in schools, Mm -hmm. but uh, again, never ever be afraid to call whatever loan company you're dealing with or even one that you're thinking about signing up for and say, you know, this is my situation. What can you do for me? You can totally shop around for this. Yeah. It becomes this thing where you are their form of revenue. You are their business. And this is loan. They know it's not going away. They know that, you know, you are a guaranteed source of income for a set period of time. Mm-hmm. And, like, even if something happens to you, your parents are the, or whoever was the co-signer is the guaranteed source of income. So you are totally, totally in the right to just shop around, figure out exactly what you want. And then if you're having a problem, like I remember one of the things that was the final straw for Navia with me is I basically called them up and I said, hey, I'm having this issue. I am currently in California. Um, I am like in between jobs. I have a set number of months until I can start my next job, which is great. But in the meantime, I'm working at a furniture store. Like, Mm -hmm. What can you do to help me so that I can make my payments in the meantime right and they said nothing and I was like all right and part of the reason I knew that that wasn't okay is because uh, I called Sally Mae and they were able to give me more resources Mm. and they were actually trying to help Um, and it becomes this kind of tug of war in your head in terms of like what should I do but it's really be as smart and objective about it as possible picking your major go with your gut doing loans don't trust your gut be (laughs) Be as logical. And that's why I'm like, maybe make a comparison chart. That's where like Excel sheets come in for me. Like I always like to have a comparison chart of who I've talked to, whether or not they Mm -hmm. do have resources, you know, what are their policies, do a comparison of whatever you need to do and go through your own criteria and like figure what is most important to you and then go from there. Yeah. Yeah. And if you do have episodes about uh, this particular like student loan dilemma, you are more than welcome. Um, we'll put some of the info in the description in terms of uh, my email address, but you're more than willing to just send me a quick email and say, hey, this is my situation. Um, this is what I'm dealing with because this can be incredibly, incredibly difficult to manage. Mm-hmm. Um, and then definitely check the show notes in terms of resources, more information because we'll yeah, put some of that in there. Yeah, we can put that in there, yeah. So, yeah, I think that's well, it for this yeah. really heavy topic. Hopefully it'll be a little bit lighter next week. Yes. <laughs> Um, but I mean, this is very important. This is yeah. what keeps people up at night. Like I remember waking up from cold sweat, thinking, "Oh my god, I can't pay off my loans." Like, the fact that you even slept in the first place is impressive. <laughs> so, but I mean, yeah, it's this is important. All right, so signing off, guys. Yep, we'll see you next week. See you next week. Hey guys, we hope this was a value-packed episode for you. Are there any questions you'd like us to answer in the future? Send an email to needtoknow.cm at gmail.com. If you liked it, please smash that subscribe button, leave us a review, and tell your friends. Make sure to check out the show notes for resources. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next week.